Welcome to season two of the Mind Wealth podcast. We took a hiatus and now we are back with a ton of things to talk about. Um, we have a humongous list of, uh, of a whole bunch of different topics that we're going to try and get to here um, over the coming months. And uh, we're excited to discuss these things to you and hopefully help you think differently about money. So today's topic today is um, in our new studio here, we're going to be recording this. And uh, we really want to start off with um, something that has been happening recently. You know, this is January of 2021. And uh, you look back even just in the last uh, month, things to do with crypto, cryptocurrencies have been pretty crazy. Um, there's been a lot of things happening. Um, stock markets are and, at an all-time high. And the stock market is super high. And there's a lot of things happening. So we wanted to discuss what all that means and give some different perspectives. Um, you know, the three of us have different perspectives about all of this um, in our kind of different understandings of crypto. Now, um, I have a computer science background and I have a mathematics background. So like there's a whole bunch of the technical side of um, the blockchain and all that stuff that I understand. Um, and I can understand the, the applications of it all. But um, even if we just talk kind of about just the cryptocurrencies for today um the actual like bitcoin and ethereum i guess are ones that we could just kind of restrict ourselves to because um there are so many more other directions and other applications of the technology and um, we should just talk about crypto first so why don't we just start with with anthony talking a little bit about um bitcoin and, and or ethereum what do you think about it um, they're both very interesting. Um, to me, the way that they're traded is more interesting because of, um, the distributed ledger technology and the next version of that that's coming out that I just watched a video on yesterday, uh, called Hedera Hashgraph, which is, uh, it's the same security and, uh, decentralized way of trading, but it also, um, it, it allows for a ton more transactions to happen, like, like an order of magnitude more compared to block, um, blockchain technology, where you could only do, I think one, one brick every 10 minutes. And there's only a certain amount of trades per brick that it can be added to the ledger. So this, this changes everything. They've finally just opened it up to the public and um, are going to be coming out with this, so it's gonna it's gonna change the way we think about um, and trade and and do stuff like that with with cryptocurrencies. It's gonna it's gonna literally change the landscape of how we see um, even a lot of apps that come out, a lot of um, ways that that the internet looks to us is going to be different from this platform it's going to it's going to change our perspective and see it from a whole different side and for myself like bitcoin's at like 30 some thousand dollars i think us which is just crazy high um and uh i think having at least 10 percent of my investments in cryptos is going to be a really good thing even though i'm not there yet i want to start transitioning over to that so that 
I have some security because I know it's inevitable that crypto will be taking over a huge portion of the way we think about currency and the way we think about um, exchange between people without having a bank involved, without having the government involved. And those are all really important things when it comes to free trade and free people and a free economy. And that's what I am super excited about. So do you think that the that the government's going to want to get in on this and, and be able to monitor these kinds of things for be, for people to be able to, um, you know, move money around so that they can they can get their income tax off of it? They're obviously they're going to try. And it's extremely important that we fight that every single tooth and nail, because um, as soon as that is in play, then it's no longer decentralized and there is some middleman form that has to keep track of everything and then it cannot be trustworthy after that so it's it's important to honestly get in now before it it is and start to understand it and start to understand the new technology coming out that we can um, use day to day in our businesses whatever else that that we that doesn't have as much control over our money. So the more you have control of your money, or the more I have control of my money, the safer my money is, or my currency is. I don't like to call it money, but currency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important, is if, if, if we can make that last as long as possible where there is no control, from some big entity that maybe might not have my best interest at heart, then the the best way to do that is to, to I mean, crypto is basically the only space other than free trade between like actual physical trade, like I buy something off of you and, and doing that way, right? But then you still have currency in your hand that you have to go take to a bank um, or you can go buy something for somebody else. But yeah. either way, you're still going to go, if you buy something from a store, you're going to pay tax on it. And the government get their piece. So there's going to be hopefully a line that we can find and both sides can balance on. But obviously they're they're just going to want to make it illegal to do anything with cryptos and stuff because they they're in a position where they're stuck because this this can't be controlled um, easily. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge that's a huge. Th- thing for them that's a big thing that they're gonna really want to try and figure out as soon as possible which is tons of banks and stuff trying to come out with their own cryptos now too right so banks visa mastercard they're all trying to come out with their own cryptos to get to to start to transition over the masses to be comfortable with bitcoin and then also so that they can have start to gain some control back by by implementing their own um coins or or whatever you want to call them they're they're all different tokens and different yeah. things like that so well i know um like even it was a couple of years ago and i haven't looked into it um recently but facebook wanted to have their own cryptocurrency that was their own currency for on their platform and so that people could you know pay for games and pay for um different things through facebook and use their own currency instead of using um like full-on own currency yeah they're that's full-on like own currency. basically making facebook a country yeah and and having their own 
way to print money or figure out how that it's valued and yeah. control the value of it. It's, it's scary. Absolutely scary. Yeah. I watched a, a video on that when they unveiled it. Yeah. And it it's frightening. Yeah. Cause like everyone's saying right now, you know, oh, they're a private company, they can do what they want. Um, but at the same time, uh, that's, that's what's really scary about it is like literally all they can do, all they need to do right now is send you an email and say, Hey, just so you know, we're changing our terms of agreement. And now, it is this and they can just change it and if you don't want to um, agree with it then you have to leave mm -hmm. so you either stay and agree with it or you leave uh, and so like that's create an incredible amount of power so if you think about putting any of your money into a system like that and then all of a sudden they just decide they want to change the rules they can do that mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty crazy to think about that and to think about that level of control that they would have that's so obviously we're against that level of control we want to have as much control for ourselves as we possibly can sounds like crypto can really do that for us these mm -hmm. these different currencies that we can put our money into it, it can do that um it sounds like it can but at the same time it's still kind of risky you know um alan and i were talking about this the other day this is part of his uh, reservation so i'll let alan talk about it in a minute here but you know currently someone has a let's say someone has you know $200 million worth of Bitcoin. And if they decide to sell off a huge portion of it, that's going to trigger a whole bunch of other people to sell off a whole bunch of it. And literally within a day, the, the value of a Bitcoin could just totally plummet. It could go down 30%. It could be something ridiculous and, and that's because there's no like in the regular stock market there's these circuit breakers that stop the trading from happening so that all of these you know automatic rules that people have set up to sell off if something drops a certain value like none of that ha is available in in any of the bitcoin stuff and so someone could just sell off a ton of bitcoin force the price of bitcoin to plummet like crazy and then just buy it all again at the bottom and that's totally manipulating the market. That's totally manipulating the value. And that would totally screw over a ton of people. Um, it could be it could be very detrimental. So there's no control over that like there is on the stock market. So that's one of the things where it's it's a little bit dicey still to think about putting your money, putting your, your wealth into something like that. That's why it's important for a lot more of the masses to get into it. So that a lot, once those sales happen, they can't buy back as much because a lot more people are coming into it, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm sure that they'll still be able to manipulate manipulate a bit, but the circuit breaker, remember from that that is implemented now that just happened the last year and a half or whatever that they finally implemented or like they find were able to use it. Mm -hmm. That was implemented after 2008 because there wasn't something like that implemented, which just literally crash the stock market and there was no breaker to pull and say hey trading stop for two hours yeah or whatever it is right two hours and it'll, a day or whatever and it'll, yeah. and it'll kick back in tomorrow at 4 p.m or something like that whatever it is for yeah. at 4 a.m yeah. so keep in mind that the whole stock market can be manipulated the same way yeah right it's just it would have to be um, all of the different crypto exchanges would then have to implement that kind of a thing because there's multiple exchanges that are all out there right mm-hmm so what do you think about crypto there, Alan? Well, as a prudent financial advisor, I've always got the questions. I'm always suspicious uh, of any new product that comes down 
the line because at the end of the day there's going to be some casualties. People are going to learn uh, through experience about the pros and cons of anything, no matter what it is. And I've seen a few come through uh, my own office, uh, opportunities, different types of investments that we've been exposed to that um, I'm just waited to see how they'd pan out because I wasn't settled and I, I had some some reservations. So I waited and sure enough, two years down the road, they they backfired and they didn't work out. And I'm like, oh man, I'm sure glad I didn't get into that. So I still have these same reservations regarding crypto um, because it's, um, first of all, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the technical side of it and these guys that are mining, that are creating a value to create these things in the first place. That's to me. It's like, well, so what? what what's the product like? What is the value that they're creating here? Because most of us, we provide a product or a service in trade for compensation. You know, somebody wants to buy what I've got to sell, and that's how we all make a living, right? We trade services or we're buying and selling products. So, what's the product with crypto? What's the product like? It's not really something you can use. It's another form of currency. It's like buying, it's like buying um, uh, some currency from another country. Like let's say you're going to stock up on the Mexican peso for some point down the road when the exchange rate is favorable, you'll unload it and and, and go on holiday down there. So I have I have limited um, potential use of crypto currently because I have fears about how quickly it could lose value or change value, um, totally out of my control. So one of the questions I had, and we've, we've actually met with a few, uh, a few people who are involved in it, and the questions that we had were, well, how do, you, how, do you, like, how do you know how much is too much to pay? $40,000 per Bitcoin, for example. Is that, does that not seem excessively high priced at this point? Is this the time to be buying? And is that the price we should be paying for crypto? Whatever type you're buying, the price always in, in investing and grocery shopping, we use the same strategy, you know. We talk about uh, we, we don't want to buy high and sell low, but that's what we end up doing, it seems, when we look at crypto at $40,000 a pop or any portion of it that you would purchase. That seems to be awfully high price. So the potential of it going down is a whole lot higher than it going up, mm-hmm. in my view, at this stage of the game. So, so what do we do? We wait for a sale before we start entering the market, much the same as we would for anything else. You know, I relate it back to something as simple as shopping for groceries. And I remember buying, going to Costco and seeing the chicken wings on for 11 bucks, those buffalo wings or those barbecue wings in a bag, they're frozen. And they were like 11, 12 bucks. And it's like, that's a pretty reasonable price. So I would buy two bags. But you know, a month later you go back and you wanna buy some more chicken wings to watch the hockey game with. And they're 17 bucks a bag and you knew what you paid the last time. And it's like, you know, I don't think I'm gonna buy any chicken wings this month. Well, why don't we use the same philosophy or strategy? And it's common sense in how we purchase our investments or purchase our real estate or purchase anything for that matter. Gold, gold, for example, where, where, where's all the attention on gold now? It's, it's pushing 2,400 bucks an ounce Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, well, where was everybody when it was 900 or 250 or 50? No, everybody, everybody's all afraid to, they're afraid to buy in when it's low because 
because they think it's going to crash further. Yeah, well, and you go back. It's the same with Bitcoin. You go back to Bitcoin. It was on what, 16,000? It was like, like 19,000 back December, like d December 15th or something like that. It was about $19,000. And even then you would have thought to yourself like, geez, $19,000 for one Bitcoin. Like obviously you're, you're not buying, you don't buy one Bitcoin. You, you can buy a, a small fraction of it. So you put in whatever money you can on it. But to say that the value of a Bitcoin is 19,000 then was like, oh shit, like that's a lot. And then now all of a sudden looking at where it is right now and it's at 30,000, uh, like again, that's, you're still like, holy, but what if, well, you know, what's the, all the what ifs? What if it goes to 100,000? Well, buying it right now at 30 would be a super good idea. But again, like who knows? You don't know the, you can't predict. Um, and there's a lot of people that are trying to predict and they are saying that there's going to be all these different growth cycles on it. But one of the things that I wanted to to mention, because you were talking about the um, the actual value of it or the the tangibleness of it, mm -hmm. um, because conceptually, the uh, oh Anthony's phone's going off. Um, conceptually, Bitcoin is a digital ones and zeros, and the Canadian dollar is mostly ones and zeros. It is the same idea. Because the amount of paper money that exists in Canada, uh, Canadian dollars, is, is nowhere near the amount of actual dollars that are in the computer systems uh, amongst all the banks. Um, so the majority of the Canadian dollar is not tangible at all. And, the, and why is that? Well, yeah, because there's, it's impossible for them to do that. They've done this fractional banking. They've done all these different things where they're able to lend more than we, they actually have and all that stuff. There's no limit. There's no limit to that. And that's part of the, the thing that I wanted to mention. And this is going to be another episode that we're going to talk about. But the, um, the government can just make more. They can just make more Canadian dollars. There is an unlimited amount of dollars that they can make. And with a stroke of the pen, they can just create it. Whereas in Bitcoin, there is a maximum amount that will be created. This is what gives it its value so in some ways it's better than other currencies because there's no those other currencies those um currencies of a country um they can just keep making more there's no like theoretical limit to what they what they can do um whereas there is for a bitcoin so then eventually once all the bitcoin has been created then there will be no more and then the value of each small fraction of a bitcoin could increase or decrease based on what people say the value of it is mm -hmm. so it's interesting to think about and and also to think about what the value of a bitcoin could be when you start to compare it to a, the currency of a country well when do people start looking at bitcoin and gold and these types of things as a place to invest quite often that's where the glitter is this is what the attraction is is a high return on our investment or when they lose confidence in their currency. Yeah. That's true. However, anything that you build starts on a foundation. Like anything, whether you're building a house or whether you're building a portfolio, there's a foundation and you start with st for stability. So you start with addressing the, the, the foundational things first. Debt management. Debt management and getting your cash flow under control is more important than making 40% returns on a small amount of money that you're willing to risk losing and gamble. Yeah. You know, what about protection over your family? 
What about assuring a, a consistent, steady income stream to fund your lifestyle and fund your investments and fund your retirement and your kids' education and everything else? You know, so there's a whole bunch of stuff missing that the average person should start with, getting their cash flow under control. This is the this is another thing that doesn't get addressed. You know, the bank tells you how much you can afford based on their little criteria. Mm -hmm. However, they don't know what else you're doing with your credit cards and, and your spending after you qualify for that $80,000 truck or you buy the house. You know, they, they only qualify you based on what, if that's the only thing you're gonna do is the mortgage. Yeah. And so this, this needs to be addressed as well. Like, where's our money going right now? Well, how many people stop and figure out where the bulk of their money goes? It's committed already. And if you looked at the, uh, the average financial institution, they are, their goal is to get you into a mortgage, a vehicle loan, a tax-free savings account, an RESP, uh, RRSP, a checking account, a business account, a kid's account. All your insurance. Stock trading yep, account. all of that. And so now they've got control of at least seven different products and your money is going into all of them. And now they have the money and they control a bunch of it. And you're looking at trying to do the best you can with what you have left. And that's always the problem is quite often there's nothing left or you're gonna go for the last hurrah and, uh, and gamble your money on something you shouldn't be involved in because you really can't afford to lose it in the first place and you don't have an emergency fund or a foundation set up. So this, this all ties together, it's all important, but there's an order of things as well that should be addressed. And I think uh, a lot of people are jumping right from they bought a house, they're having kids, and they're wanting to buy crypto as, uh, as the, the big investment to get rich with. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more stability that should be in place prior to that. And like Anthony mentioned, you know, limit or restrict how much you're going to put into a particular area of investment based on what you can afford or afford to lose. Because it could go to zero um, or you could lose, obviously, 50% of what you put in fairly quickly because that's how volatile it is. Yeah. Now I look at the crypto in the same sort of light as gold. There is a limited supply. There's a limited amount of it. And the demand is the other thing that dictates. So supply or demand dictates the price on the particular product at any given time. So obviously the higher the demand goes, uh, the lower the price or depending on the supply. Like if somebody's hanging on to their gold, they're not selling it, then where's the new people supposed to buy their gold from? There becomes a shortage and there's a waiting list, you know, until somebody finally has uh, financial challenges where they're forced to sell it. Different things happen in their family, estate settlements and whatnot, so there is money always coming up or gold or silver coming and up for sale. supply, obviously coming from the mines is where yep. a lot of it comes from, right? Yep. But, yeah. But I mean, you, you go up and work in the mine there when you do uh, service work up there, that gold is going to another country, right? So, so that gold isn't available for me to buy here. I'm not sure what they're using it for, but it's, it's going to another country overseas. And so there is a limited supply of gold. I like gold because I can see it and store it. I don't see how crypto works in the same way because you store it in a wallet or you store it someplace but you can't really see it, and if you forget your password, you may never ever get at it again, like, because there's nobody else who knows how to get at your money. And so uh, th that makes me nervous, because how often have I forgot a, a password for some website or something that I, that I use? And, um, and, you, and you can't retrieve it, and they, and they won't help you retrieve it, because 
There's no middleman. It's just there is it's your own account. Yeah, it's, it's your own account, and you're fully responsible. So that makes me a little nervous. If you had significant assets in there, and all of a sudden something happened, and you couldn't, you couldn't remember your passwords to get into it, that'd be pretty sad too. And then that means nobody else can get at it either. It's just kind of like it's, it's locked away forever, and unavailable to anybody. Yeah, and with crypto like Bitcoin, they say that there's a whole bunch of people who bought in at the beginning and then forgot their passwords, and now that you know. $200 worth of Bitcoin is worth 400 million now or something ridiculous and uh, yeah. uh, it's just lost. Well, and s for some contrast, if you had gold sitting at your house or in a safety deposit box or anywhere on your person, whatever, it could get lost. You yeah. could drop it somewhere and it could get lost forever. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Or it could get stolen yeah. physically, which crypto is a lot harder to steal mm -hmm. but gold can also be used in electronics in vehicles in like tons and tons of uses for it right mm -hmm. so that's mostly what gives gold its its value is the limited quantity and its industrial use for how we use it mm -hmm. and that the existence of time gold has been the only form of real money gold and silver and mm -hmm. and that's been the only real form of limited quantity currency true currency money mm -hmm. that's the only form ever in existence which gives a lot of people confidence in that i can't destroy this gold mm -hmm. No matter what I do, it's always going to be here. The same ounce of gold is here from millions of years ago. So that is a huge thing as well, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there was a time back in the pre previous to 1971 where the gold was what backed our currency. It was, it was the value that our currency was determined by. It was the gold. There was gold backing it. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't an unlimited printing press cranking money out. And a lot of people don't understand that as the, as the governments and the banks print more money, it's, it's making the money that you have worth that much less. It's going to buy you that much less groceries. It's going to buy you, you know, what, what you used to get for a buck now is going to take a buck and a half for the same thing. Yeah. You know, our incomes haven't gone up at all compared to what's called inflation, which is the value of our dollar being eroded. And then you've got taxes, and you know we've got a we've got a government in place now who's who's imposing more carbon taxes. It's not just for en more energy efficient vehicles and and uh, and for you, uh, to encourage you to use less fuel. You have to think about it's going to get added to the cost of everything you buy. Your groceries. Well, why would that be? Well, because it takes a truck or a train or a plane to ship groceries up to Prince George. So guess what? That cost is going to get passed on to the consumer, the end user, no matter what it is. Yeah. All of the costs along the way are gonna get passed on to you and you and me because at the end of the day, that's where it's all going. Yeah. And the government doesn't seem to care. They think, oh, we're gonna make those, uh, we're gonna make those people pay who are, who are abusing, uh, you know, burning too much fuel. We don't have a lot of choices up here. It's minus 12 this morning. We gotta warm up our cars while we're scraping the windows off. We gotta ship stuff here. We have four highways and four, uh, you know, rivers running in two directions and railways. We're the hub for the northern part of the province. There's a ton of stuff. The trucks on the road are incredible every day, every day in every direction. Yeah. There's trucks hauling stuff. 
And who are we going to teach a lesson here by increasing a carbon tax on all the truckers that are a necessity in this country yeah. or the rail cars? I mean, we don't have an alternative. We can't even drive an electric car from Vancouver to Prince George without overnighting someplace to, s to charge it up. That's not practical for all of us that live in the north. Yeah. So, you know, just realize that somebody may be a, a green uh, friendly and environmentally friendly. The carbon tax is not the solution to fixing this. It's just adding to the cost of everything. We still have to do it. We still got to heat our houses. We still got to drive our cars. It's not we're going to drive less. We, we don't have a choice. It's just the way it is. And so you look at everything we do. The cost is increasing. The value of our dollar is decreasing. It's harder and harder and harder to get ahead. So it highlights the reason why we need to be a whole lot more concerned about cash flow, about debt management, about how we invest our money and, and who's got control of it and try and regain control of some of the money that we're currently earning and then put it to best use once we get that control back. Yeah, like I'm not sure how, what, if we could do the, the calculation on how much money was created last year by the government and do the numbers so that we can see based on how much was printed up until the, the beginning of the coronavirus or whatever, until now, how much was printed, and then how, how much inflation did we gain last year in, in the amount of currency that was created? That would be a huge number. Mm -hmm. like, like out of $100, I bet you, like we probably lost at least 10% of our purchase power. Yeah. Purchasing power, easily. Oh, with how much? With how much money ended up going out, um, you know, in subsidies to every everybody and stuff, um, it was just a ridiculous amount of money. Well, where did that money come from? The couple keystrokes, yeah, yeah. some zeros, and where did all that money come from? Oof. They created the money, and or they borrowed the money from the central bank. Right. Well, think so, about think about. Go ahead. I just want to touch on two things, just to kind of highlight them. So. We should wrap up the crypto episode here, and then we can move on to a different topic too. Yeah. But. So back in 2008, when everything crashed, and stock markets were at an all-time high, and everything was going great, and then the housing market crashed and everything else, the, the price of gold went skyrocket by 2011 because however many ounces of gold were in existence out of the ground that we had, that divided by how much currency they had printed or they had created, that's those divided by each other is what gold rose to. It 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 the amount of ounces, the price for the amount of ounces it created rose to equal the amount of currency created. They haven't done a single thing different since then except print a shit ton more currency. Yeah. They haven't changed anything. Yeah. It's the same thing. Why is there so much money and why is the stock market at the all-time high and Bitcoin at an all-time high? Because they just gave out a crap ton more money to everybody. And so the people who didn't really need it and got it said, oh, I'm going to throw this in the stock market. I'm going to invest this. Yeah, well, now you've got this huge sum of money that just came into the stock market that was created out of thin air that they gave to everybody that most people put it into their houses, um, invested in something new like Bitcoin or or gold or silver or whatever. Gold or silver is that doing really well right now too. Yeah. But the next crash that's coming, the same thing is going to happen. And the amount of gold and silver that's out there now is going to be divided by how much currency is created, which is just 
absolutely astronomically high. Yeah. And the same thing's going to happen. People are going to rush back into a safe haven asset like gold or silver or Bitcoin. And that's why they're calling for $100,000 Bitcoin, $10,000 gold, $700 silver. That's why there's so many experts out there that have looked at the past and said, this is what happened. This is why it happened. These do the numbers, look at the things. Oh, yeah, this is exactly what what went on. Mm-hmm. And this is going to happen again. Let's put ourselves in a position where we could take advantage of that because the wealth is never destroyed. It's only transferred. Mm-hmm. When everybody's having a really shitty day, somebody's having a freaking awesome day and they're making a crap ton of money off of everybody who's choosing to sell at that point. Yeah. So okay. what you're saying is, is the value of gold really hasn't changed a whole lot. But the, the value of the dollar has depreciated so much that it takes that much more money, cash, to buy that same one ounce of gold than it did a year before. It's not the value. It's the purchasing power. Mm-hmm. So 20 years ago, you could take an ounce of gold in and buy a full piece suit, full everything you need. Today, you go in, you buy the same suit. All you need is one ounce of gold. You yeah, that's full going back, suit. That's going back 2,000 years. Oh to, yeah, to the That's, days of as Jesus far as walking the earth. Yeah, yep. you get a got a, a robe, pair of sandals, and a new belt for uh, one ounce of gold. And mm-hmm. today you can go get decked out with a nice new outfit, new shoes, new belt, and a new suit. Yeah, for the same ounce. There's of gold. nothing else that's kept suit. up to inflation like gold has. Yeah, I like gold, by the way. Yeah, I noticed that. All right, so let's just uh, final thoughts on crypto. I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I'm gonna do. Um, to do with crypto and, and then you can kind of think about and, and discuss what you think you're going to do with crypto. So what my position on crypto is, is that I'm going to make sure that I am in a position to be able to buy or use crypto at any point. So I'm not going to be putting a ton of money into crypto right now. Um, that's not where I want to invest my money. I want to actually put my money into paying down my mortgage. I would much rather have uh, a whole bunch of my wealth in there right now and not p- pay interest on it. Um, even though there is a potential of making a ton of money on uh, buying a Bitcoin right now because it might go up to $80,000 later by the end of the year. Who knows? Um, but I am going to make sure that I am in a position to be able to buy and or use Bitcoin um, or another crypto um, if I need to because if for some reason things happen with a world economy or a changing in in currencies or something like that i want to be able to buy stuff with that cryptocurrency um to do the things that i want to do to buy food to pay for transportation to do whatever so how are you going to do that how am i going to do that well i'm just going to make sure that i've got my you know my my wallet set up properly i've got my exchange set up properly or registered on a few exchanges and things like that so that i know um that i can do that 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 stuff and i'll make sure that i've got a little bit of money um into crypto right away mm-hmm. that's kind of what my general plan is so i'm not putting a whole lot of eggs into that basket at all but i'm going to be prepared that's right. what i'm doing yeah i definitely want to get myself in the door get my stuff set up i want to get a little bit of of bitcoin and ethereum or whatever just so that i have some and i'm in the game and if something does happen that at least i'm going to be gaining something um but obviously i'm going to be watching the graph and when it finally peaks and comes down as soon as it takes the turn to go back up, I'm going to buy something there. I'm going to start buying on all the low points. All the dips, yeah. 
and it's it's a buy and hold thing for me until I can start using it to spend. Um, but also, I want to figure out how I can set up my business as well to receive Bitcoin. Because um, if I can get paid in Bitcoin for certain jobs or from certain companies or people, then w why not? Um, that would be able to um, go right into my wallet and I can I can gain that way as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be a, a smart idea as I think a lot of the world is going to be transitioning over to something like that. And I want to know enough about it so that I can take advantage of it when it happens or be in there before it happens. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's another side of it that I'd like to look at is uh, having it set up for my company as well being ready well one of the things that I thought about was and then a question that I asked would Bitcoin be a short-term investment or is it a longer-term perspective and nowadays you know uh, at my age I'm looking for short-term protection more so than long-term growth so I suspect I'm probably going to sit on the sidelines and watch Anthony and and Andrew uh, set theirs up and see how it operates. I may set up an account myself, so I'm also prepared and ready to enter. And I'll rely on your guys' um, expertise and, and guidance and advice on what you do rather than me spending my time trying to understand it and learn it better. I'll just follow someone who's skilled in its handling because we can't know everything about everything, and that's not my area of passion. But a lot of people ask me as an advisor, well, what do you think about cryptocurrencies or bitcoins or these types of things? So I have to spend enough time to look at it to have an opinion, but it's probably not something I'm going to do on a daily basis. I, I never got into trading on the stock market, uh, you know, getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and watch the ticker tape, and, and I, I, I didn't see the point in that. Life was, uh, there's other more important things in my life that I want to be doing than watching and tracking the the price of a stock that's being affected by media, affected by annual reports, affected by buying and selling, emotional behavior, like so much of that is out of my hands. It's like, well, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to play the game. I don't want to be spending my time doing that. So I've got a little bit longer perspective and wider, but more stable as well. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't be interested in participating with a small portion of my assets as well, much as the advice that I give is, you know, to diversify your sources into um, up to seven different seven different places. We have real estate, we have, you know, banking products. Ironically, isn't it isn't it funny that here we are in the lowest interest rate environment of our entire lifetimes? You know, I think in one account that we have, we're getting 0.15%. It's like a daily interest account. And that's probably good compared to what others are getting. They're even getting less. So you can't have you're not getting any growth on your money and the return is less than what the taxes would be. So it just highlights the importance of, well, where can we store our wealth in a tax-free environment? Where, because it's bad enough, we've got low returns and we want to go low risk because of our age and whatnot. Um, we also have to look at, well, we're going to be losing money if we do nothing. If we don't get returns and then they're going to tax that when we take it out and use it. We need to be aware of that because we're losing money every day then. And so although it doesn't appear to be seeing your money go down, what it's buying and what it provides is. And I think a lot of people just choose to ignore that, but that's our reality too. Go to the grocery store and see how much $200 buys you nowadays compared to uh, two years ago. Yeah, It's not, it's way different, mm -hmm. way less. You're getting oh yeah, a lot well less. I, could, I could just go back, um, go back seven, six or seven years ago. And if I went to uh, A&W and bought 
two burgers, it would have cost me about like twelve, thirteen dollars. And I went there today and it cost me twenty three dollars. Just like that. So like that's just an example from a fast food restaurant for two burgers and some fries. Well, I told them to hold the bun too. Right? Yeah, you got your lettuce wrap instead. So anyways, that kind of concludes our uh, crypto episode for now. And um, uh, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, more in the future as well too as things develop and as we go through things. But um, that's it for now. And uh, we thank you for listening. If you like this episode, you're going to love our free online workshop that explains the concept and many others in more detail. The True Wealth Workshop will give you the tools to get out of debt quicker, get your finances in order the right way. Sign up for the free online workshop at mycustombank.com.